Hey everyone, thanks for listening to another episode of Narrative Soul. I'm your host, Sharetta. In this episode, I have the pleasure of interviewing burlesque dancer Jezebel Thunder. Jezebel is an amazing burlesque dancer. Look, if you have the opportunity to see her perform, go. If you have an opportunity to see any burlesque show, go. Um, but my friend and I got to see her perform and it was amazing. So in this episode, we talk about burlesque and what she's learned from it. Also, just to let you know, in this episode, um, Jess still has a broken ankle. It healed and she's dancing again. But it just, (laughs) we recorded this a long time ago. (laughs) So again, thank you for tuning in and I hope you enjoyed Thank you for agreeing to find time to do this interview, and I'm really excited about it. Wow, where do I start? I have been, well, I'm 37, born and raised in Los Angeles. What else? Based on my burlesque career that I have now, I didn't grow up dancing. I didn't grow up in theater. I liked watching musicals. I love music. I love watching people dance. I love to pretend like I can do those things, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I try to do those things, but I am by no means a trained theater person or dancer, like at all. Like growing up, I did a couple like shows that my parents were like, you should do that show. I was like, okay, I was in choir, I guess in high school. That's a little different though. I do also love to sing, but again, not a professional singer. And I always wanted to do those things, but I think my parents, well, my dad for one was just like, every time you pick up something new, you eventually like drop it. I think that's probably why he never, they never put me in like classes for anything. Cause they were just like, you're going to do it for like a month. And you're going to be like, I don't want to do this anymore. Cause that's how I was with piano. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wanted to put me in karate classes. And I was like, I don't want to do that. That never happened. They got the piano as I got older, a little older, they put me in guitar classes, but that wasn't my fault. The guitar classes ended because the school shut down, but I probably would have kept going. I would like to think but probably also not. But uh, <laughs> you're like, I'm not taking credit. For- no, no, that one doesn't get credit. I'm sorry, it doesn't get credit. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, so I grew up wanting to do all these things, but I was also a shy kid like, very shy. Like, I and I still have this thing, I think I put it on my TikTok or Instagram recently, where I like attention, but I don't like attention. I want your attention, but I don't like it. Yeah. So growing up, I would always, and people would comment on this a lot, like my adult, like friends of the family or whatever, they would comment on the fact that like, why does she always walk with her hands behind her back and her head down? Like all the time. And that was my MO. If I met anybody, yeah, if I met anybody new, I never spoke to anybody. Like I had my friends, but I was just like, I had a hard time talking to people and I still do, but I feel like burlesque has gotten me out of that a little bit more but like I can push myself more nowadays but back when I was younger it was not a thing so cut to like adulthood Mm -hmm. and the story behind me and how I got into burlesque was that my boyfriend at the time yeah I I think I dragged him to a burlesque show (laughs) yeah before you do burlesque show because I was like this is like my thing was always underlying under everything is I wanted to be something or someone but didn't think I ever could. I was like, I don't think I have the looks. I don't have the body. I don't think so. But I loved, loved, loved looking at all the magazines, like models and everything Mm -hmm. like that. 
and all the celebrity magazines and stuff like that. So I always found these like hot spots that celebrities used to go to. And I was like, I had a list like on a post-it notes yeah. on a little, um, it was like a locker entertainment stand that I had in my bedroom. So I had post-it notes of all these places I wanted to go because they were the celebrity hot spots. Okay. I was like, when I get it, when I turn 21 or whatever, I'm going to go to this club, this club, this club. And 40 Deuce was on that list. 40 Deuce. And uh, by the time I turned 21, they had closed their location in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. They had one in Las Vegas. So at the time, I was like, we're going to go to Las Vegas for my birthday when I turn 22, maybe. I don't know. We're going to go see the show because I've always been dying to see it. And I'm sad the one in LA closed, but this one still exists. So we're going to go. And I was just like, in love with it like all of it it was like a live band and cabaret show and after that show was over i'm like i definitely need to find more burlesque like where do i find more of this in los angeles what was it about the burlesque show that you saw in vegas that you were enamored like with you're like okay this is this feels good yeah i think because i'm such a lover of music and movement Mm -hmm. i think it was the the live band with the dancers and the dancing i love dancing i love watching people dance as i got older i think when i went to because after i graduated for undergrad i went to a community college for a little bit just to like in between graduate school and i went into i took dance classes for the first time in my life i took contemporary 101 and i took a ballet 101 so i want to try to do this but i was like old so me having been interested in dance for so long mm-hmm. like never had a dance class like that all those elements together in that show really drew me in the music that I love the dance and all, who isn't attracted to sparkly costumes either so that was like nothing that I ever costume is not my forte it's still not my forte at all but watching that on stage all mm-hmm. those things combined and the elements and then the audience energy was just like what is this this is so freaking cool this is not, <laughs> it's not like a concert that you go to I've been to concerts before it was different and it's hard to explain but it was like all those elements came together it just blew my mind and I was like what is this I knew 40 Deuce because I think I think they mentioned burlesque but I still really wasn't sure uh-huh. what it was I uh-huh. never googled it I just knew that celebrities went there and it was um dancers and a band it was a cool spot okay so then going to actually see it, I was like, my mind was like blown. And then I just was captivated. You started with the dance classes, right? At community college. So when did it transition to burlesque? I didn't take many classes after that. I took one-on-one classes for, uh-huh. like, for credits and for experience, but I didn't follow. I didn't pursue that element oh. more. Okay. But the burlesque happened when my boyfriend at that time, we because I was so enamored by it and wanted to see more shows. Mm-hmm. He actually, we went to Denver for his brother's graduation, and I was like, let's go see a show in Denver, a burlesque show. And then they had a student who graduated from their burlesque school. And I was like, excuse me, what is that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, a school of burlesque? And then you could do this thing that I just saw these trained dancers do? And then burlesque looks different. It's different than cabaret. So like the 40 Deuce Girls, mm-hmm. phenomenal dancers, very trained like ballerinas, you can tell like they have all this experience and expertise. But the burlesque I started seeing in Denver and LA was different. It was funny, it was sexy, it was acting, it was people of all shapes and sizes, dancing different music. It was just like this new world opened up to me. So when I saw the thing in Denver and the school, I was like, okay, I can I understand how I could do this. The important do sounds like I could never do that, but that's okay. fucking amazing. Okay. But then seeing, having seen so many other shows mm-hmm. after that, I was like, I could probably do this, but I would never. I might try, I could try this, but I wouldn't know how to. 
basically too. But I also was like, I don't ever want to take my clothes off in front of people. But I love the fact that I can dance to any music I want to. It looked like this. Even though I didn't see people that were black, I was like, I could still probably try this. But I was also like, I don't want to do this. So then he, like, as a surprise, he signed me up for burlesque classes when we came back to Los Angeles. I guess he, like, secretly Googled and found a school of burlesque in Los Angeles and threw me into these classes. It was, like, the intermediate class, too, not the beginner and the intermediate was intermediate level was choreography. Okay. And I guess they had, they had asked him like, Oh, does she have experience dancing? Trying to gauge whether I could fit in the class. And he was like, Oh yeah, she's a great dancer. She loves to dance. And they were like, cool, throw her in the class. She'll be fine. The story goes that he called me and he was like, okay, I have a surprise for you. I'm going to pick you up tomorrow. I want you to wear your workout clothes. And I was like, I hate surprises. What are we doing? Where are we going? Are we going hiking? Are we going for walks? I was like, we did a lot. And he goes, no, it's a secret. I'm not going to tell you. I'm like, just tell me. And then he goes, oh, I forgot. Also bring your stripper shoes. <laughs> uh, because I actually backtrack. I totally forgot that I had tried pole dancing. Okay. I think, <laughs> I, think I tried pole dancing once at that time. Mm-hmm. And so I had shoes. And uh, he's like, bring your like high heels. And I was like, what the hell? What? And no, I'm like, no, you tell me what's going on. Because this makes absolutely no sense. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And then he told me, and I was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> because I'm also back, going back to the story of being a shy person. Mm-hmm. I'm getting thrown into this class yeah. of people I don't know. Yeah. And something I don't know. Yeah. And I was terrified. I was like, I don't know how to talk to people. How am I going to do this in front of people? This is weird. When it's a college course and it's a dance class, it's different. You have no choice. You have to be there because you're getting credit for it. And you don't have to talk to anybody. But it, this was like, a series of classes that I was going to be in, not just one. Yeah. He had signed up a package. And so I got thrown into the class and I was like, you know what? Fine. I'm just going to do it and say <laughs> that I tried it. I'm just going to do it. It's fine. I'll survive. I'll figure it out. And then I just, I met so many good friends that I still talk to sometimes. And I had a blast in that intermediate class. <laughs> and then after intermediate class was over and the series was finished, I was like, I don't want this to end. How do you think uh, you surprised yourself? making friends I think the big one mm-hmm. like making friends it took me a second to warm up which I'm a sort of warm person sometimes but yeah just talking to people getting to know people and making like a good friend like I had a really like best friend in that class and she still texts me every once in a while we text each other every once in a while but yeah like we I made connections with people and then also like the choreography was fun it was like I felt also like because it wasn't a modern dance class kind of choreography. It was mm-hmm. more lighthearted and fun, but also mm-hmm. sexy, mm-hmm. but simple. And so you have to really just let yourself go. And I have a hard time letting myself go in general for a lot of things, even in dance, like physically, I can't really do hip hop dance because I have a hard time sitting <laughs> in those movements. It's so weird. Like I, <laughs> they're like loosen up and you're like, I am loose. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a ballet body, I'd be perfect for the ballet because I'm so like, I want to be so upright and mm-hmm. stiff sometimes. And it's hard for me to like really like release attention in movement sometimes. I but, understand uh, that. I do. Yeah. I do. So in that dance class, that intermediate level class, like I felt like I really had to figure out how to like just have fun and let loose. So that was like something I think that surprised me too. You just slowly evolved by allowing yourself to have fun. 
yeah, allowing myself to let go a mm-hmm. little bit more than I used mm-hmm. and my, that I'm used to and take risks. Like that was a huge, people always like, what's a big part of like burlesque or like your life? I don't know. Just talking about things. I'm like yeah. taking risks is something that I had to learn how to do and I'm still learning how to do it. I still hold myself back a lot, mm-hmm. but I, I think my story is about taking risk and then paying off. I took a risk because I could have just been like, no, nope, not doing those classes, get your money back. But I was like, let me push myself out of my comfort zone and just do it. And that's how I did this. So after intermediate, they had advanced classes. And the advanced class was a solo performance. And I was like, I don't want this to be done, but I also don't know if I can ever do this. (laughs) Like ever. You had to make your own routine. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) And it, it was all terrifying, like a routine costuming, makeup. Oh my God, let me tell you. I had no idea that having to wear makeup was part of this. <laughs> no! I, I, hated, I hated makeup so much. Like when I went to prom, my mom wanted my makeup to be done. I hated it. I could not wait to wipe that crap off my face. <laughs> like I did not like it at all. It felt I heavy. Like you could feel it, it on your skin. Yeah, I didn't like the way it felt. Yeah. I thought it looked really weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it didn't, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. But uh, I didn't, there were so many things that went into it, into the advanced class that I was like, I don't know if I could do this. But I was at this point in my life where I was in grad or undergrad school trying to study the field that I studied. And I was like, I need to push myself out of my comfort zone. Like I need to do these things mm-hmm. if I'm going to, further myself into this career that I want to do not even burlesque this other career I need to learn how to talk to people how to have some confidence how to just get out of my shell my and be not be so shy be more a little bit more outgoing yeah and so I was something like I never thought that before in my life I don't know where this thought came from but it just clicked and I was like you know what I'm just gonna do this advanced class and pay for it I'm gonna try it one time go through this course do it one time and say that I did it like a bucket list kind of thing. Yeah. So I can go back to like my life one day. If I'm telling a story to my grandkids, writing a book and be like, I did this thing this one time and it was amazing. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so it didn't stop. It just like, it just trickled into now nearly 13 years of doing this. That's amazing. Yeah. So- I think it's really shifted who I am. Speak more on that. How has it shaped you into who you are now? I, okay, I say these things not to say that I'm at this, like, full, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm not at the full capacity of these things. Like, I'm still on this, like, slow trajectory. I feel like I'm a little bit more confident. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit more outgoing. Mm-hmm. I don't shy away from taking risks as often. I still do. I tell myself, like, you don't do that. Don't do that. But then I'll talk to myself more times. And I'm like, you know what? Just just effing, just do it. Like the other day, there was a casting call for roller skaters. What did they say? The, the word was, oh, I can't remember the word that you looked for. Exceptional roller skaters that were like plus size. My friend sent it to me and I was like, immediately, that's not for me. I'm not right. exceptional at right. roller skating. <laughs> I also broke my, I'm like, I also broke my ankle. So I can't do half the things I used to do on the roller skate right now. And I was like, no. I'm like, it looks cool though. And then I had to sit with it for a second. I was like, just just do it and see what happens. It can't hurt. Like, it's not going to hurt. If you send an email to these people and they say no, 
it's not a big deal. Yeah. At least you tried. Yeah. And so that it takes me a second, but I don't like, I tell myself no, but then I tell I think about all the reasons why I should just go ahead and try it. Sometimes I don't, but it, you know, pays off sometimes. I remember you saying that there weren't a lot of black burlesque dancers. Yeah. When I first started, I don't think I, I saw one, I had one cause I went to in between the intermediate and advanced class, they took a little break. So they mm-hmm. were like, oh, go. We highly recommend you go take this series of classes from this other performer who was a black performer at Lux LaCroix. And so I took her classes in between. What was and the she name? Did a dance. Lux LaCroix. Lux LaCroix, okay. Yeah. So she did a dance class. And then she also did had someone come in and talk about doing makeup in one of her classes. I was like, wait, stage makeup? what is that? I don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> so anyway, she was like the only person I had seen for a long time. I think for quite a while. And then I found Pearl Noir, I think someone mentioned her name and I might've seen some videos online, but again, not in person and definitely not in Los Angeles because Pearl Noir was in New Orleans, I think at that time. So like in LA, I didn't know anybody besides I didn't I saw Lux. That was all I knew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me coming in as a shy person, thinking that I'm not gonna fit in, and then also not seeing anybody that looked like me, it was also weird. Like I already had this, this idea of I could never do this for right. the way I'm shaped, the way I look, and then my personality. And then also there was nobody that looked like me doing it. So I was like, Oh, I definitely probably can't do this. But something in the back of my mind was just like, just try it, just do it, not a big deal. I also think that part of me was is that earlier part of me is also rooted in if this makes sense. Like I didn't I grew up in a black neighborhood when I was younger, like much younger. As I got older, I went to a lot of schools where there was like one or two black people. Yeah. So I this is like <laughs> this is a deep thing that I'm working on myself throughout my lifetime. So I just did not want to be the black person. I spent most of my life just being like, I'm going to listen to this and this, because this is not what black people listen to. I have these yeah. ideas and stereotypes in my head. Mm-hmm. So me seeking out black performers mm-hmm. initially was not a thought in my head. And me being a black person doing burlesque was not a huge thought in my head. Yeah. I didn't see that. I didn't see it as a challenge. I noticed there were people that looked like me, but I didn't see myself as like a black burlesque performer. I was just a burlesque performer. As soon as I started seeing more and more black performers, I was becoming more and more aware of my blackness in that space. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And then looking back, I started to become more aware of these things. Like people would always talk about, and I'm sure people would probably give me shit, I don't know. But like people would always talk about the token black person being in a show. And Mm -hmm. for so long, I was like, but that's not, I don't think that's the thing. I don't think people think that. Like I'm so just oblivious to it. Oblivious to the fact that, to the fact that I was always a token person. I was like, you know, they just, they're not choosing me because I'm the one black person. They're choosing me because I have, I'm good at this. I don't know. I I was just explaining it all away. And some people aren't like that. Some people aren't that people who just want one person and just they're the black person. Like a lot of people aren't that way. But there are people that are that way. <laughs> the more people I talked to, the more things I heard. I was like, oh, I think I was in London doing a show with the Cocoa Butter Club, which is an all black, well, not uh, all black, but it's all um, by BIPOC, like by PSC okay. people. It's such a great like uh, group of people to be around and do shows with. But I did a show with them and then I was in the audience watching. And I think 
Sadie Sinner, who's the creator of it all, mm-hmm. and the singer and the host, I think she was on stage and she was saying something about how one black person in your show does not make you diverse. <laughs> and then when she said that, again, I had that same reaction I had when I saw 40 Deuce. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> and it just like all, like all this, all these things came into my brain, all these experiences I had. And I was like, oh, that's a thing. Just for some reason that night it hit me. And I, I was sitting next to another black performer from London, Demi Noir. Uh-huh. And I looked at her and I was like, it just blew my mind. I thought about all the times when it was just me mm-hmm. and no other black performer. But that it was me and one other person. I was just like, oh, this is like a reality sometimes. <laughs> and I think from that moment, I started really trying to find more black people and more shows. And just being in that Cocoa Butter space with a lot of black performers, it was just like so such an awesome feeling. I can't remember the timelines of things, but I did also just see these G Believe, another black performer. She had a show or has a show called Jeezy's Juke Joint mm-hmm. with all black performers. And I got to do that show one year. And it was just such an amazing time to be around so many talented black people. And I was just like, yeah, this needs to happen more in my life. I need to stop trying to blend in with the people that are not me. Mm-hmm. And find mm-hmm. the people that, you know, that understand me. Yeah. I, will, I will never forget the a mo- the moment. I think, I really think it's the moment. And I, again, I hope people don't give me too much shit for this, but you might understand it. But the moment that I realized I was different from my best friend, who was white, blonde hair, blue eyes. She was my best friend. The minute, the moment I realized I was different from her, we had picture day. My mom did my hair in like a braid, like a French braid kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and oh my god, during during our recess time, Sarah and I went to the bathroom, and Sarah was like, "Oh, my hair looks weird. Let me put some water on my hair and slick it down." <laughs> <laughs> you know where this is going? So yeah. I totally, totally did the same thing and did not have the same effect. <laughs> How old were you? It was little. I was pretty little. Oh. So my hair went. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. And also being a shy kid who was trying to blend in with my non-black friends, like <laughs> non-black people, I was just like, this made me stand out even more. So I had a whole, that was in the morning. That was early recess time. So I spent the whole school day looking crazy like that. Yes. I keep, I, you're just meant to stand out, period. You want to hold <laughs> back, like that, but is there a photo There's of this day? <laughs> I, not, I think I refused to even look at it when it came in. Oh my God. I, did, I think I did cry at some point during the day. Cause I was just like, why is my hair doing this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I didn't know I couldn't put water on my hair like that. I mean, I did, but I did. I had to have my, I had my hair done, but yeah, it was different. It was a different experience. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I, I think, like, yeah, I really think burlesque, I really want to credit burlesque for partially, like a big chunk of it for helping me learn to own my blackness. Mm. Because I grew up, so we're talking about these experiences. We, I, I grew up idolizing all these celebrities who were not black, loving these magazines, these models who were not black. Like I like Naomi Campbell. 
but she wasn't always in my face because we grew up in the 80s and 90s mm-hmm. and people grew up in the 70s and the 60s where like it's different we're not yeah. seeing ourselves in these that popular mainstream quote-unquote mainstream magazines and books and on these tv shows and so I just grew up always wanting to look like them yeah and not knowing that what I looked like was fine yeah and so in burlesque like seeing people that look like me doing looking gorgeous and doing these amazing things and doing all these accolades and things like that I was just like oh it is okay to be who I am and celebrate who I am I need to do that way more that's right you know? that's right yeah yeah but the other day I did a video shoot and my naps on the edge my edges were showing through my wig and the hairdresser who's a black guy was like helping me kind of move it out a little bit tuck it behind my ear and I was like, oh, are my edges, my nappy edges showing? And he started laughing. I was like, I'm trying to be like Beyonce during this pandemic and not care about my laid edges. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, it was a joke. Like, I do, if I'm doing something, like, I'm trying to tuck my edges away. But I was just like, that, just me making that comment or making that joke, I was like, I would have been mortified had this, had I not grown up and it's okay to stand in my blackness and own it more. <laughs> <laughs> When you perform, what are you feeling? What are you thinking? What is that like for you? Hey, I don't know. It's really hard to put into words to describe what it feels like. When I first started doing it, a lot of, I love the adrenaline I got from it. Mm-hmm. Like, I loved it. Like, my first performance, I totally like, don't remember what I did. I can't tell you what I was like on stage. Like, I have no idea. Blacked out. Can't tell you who was really in the audience that I like, the whole time because I saw people I knew after but during the stage time mm-hmm. I was not I was having an out-of-body experience <laughs> like for a good part of when I started doing it it was like out-of-body experiences and me just trying to be better as well like okay. I knew I probably sucked is what I kept telling myself I still tell myself to this day I suck so it's not, <laughs> I'm not saying that but I remember the first day I performed I was high on that adrenaline and it felt so good mm-hmm. and then I was like but I also really messed that up. So I'm in a redo. How do I get this redo? <laughs> and then somebody was like, hey, we have this show. It might have been Lily Von Stuck who did Monday Night Tees. I think she invited my whole graduating class to do her show. Wow. And she was like, I really love you to come. I want you to come and perform at my show, Monday Night Tees, and I'll pay you like, money, whatever. And I was like, oh, I can make a little bit of money and get a redo? Cool. So I did it. And then somebody from that show saw me. And the same thing, I was like, oh, I get another redo and I get a little bit more money? Cool. So I just kept following this, like, I need to do better, I need to do better, I'm going to do better, I'm going to do better. And eventually, that feeling was a little lower of a voice. Yeah. And I'm going to answer your question, Amanda. Keep going. I trailed off. No, that's fine. This this feeling of, like, adrenaline seeking and trying to be perfect, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. seeking Mm -hmm. was happening in in the beginning. So I wasn't really feeling anything on stage per se that was like enjoyment it was just like this is fun mm-hmm. but also you messed that up you messed that up mm-hmm. why did you do that mm-hmm. why did you like the whole time I'm doing my choreography that I created mm-hmm. I'm like oh I missed that part mm-hmm. oh why did I do this yeah oh, I shouldn't do that I'm talking to myself the whole time and not really being in the moment as much and I, rem- I remember when somebody told me they're like, you're you're a great performer, you're a great dancer, you move really well, you're beautiful to look at, your costume is great, but you're missing the audience connection. Mm. And I was like, what does that mean? Yeah. I don't understand what that means. What yeah. is that? What is an audience connection? And then I went to a 
this convention that happens every year called BurleyCon weekend in Seattle of burlesque workshops. So dance, theater, okay. budgeting, like all these various workshops you can take from people in the field. That it's sounds fun. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so somebody had an audience connection class and I was like, oh, that's that word. Those mm-hmm. are those words. What is this? And he figured this out. Yeah. <laughs> so I went to that class and I cannot for the life of me remember who taught it or any of the exercises that we did besides one that was like staring at somebody. I would run away. Uh, same. <laughs> I wanted to, but I was again in this mode of like, okay, I want to be a better performer mm-hmm. and be better because I was seeking that, like looking at somebody, looking them in their eyes, which being a shy person, I can't, I still can't to this day look people in their eyes for too long. It makes me very helpful. So somebody was like, you need to work on this. I was like, cool, let me figure this out. Even though I was scared shitless to be in that class but I knew it was going to involve looking at people and I learned from that moment on I think it really clicked in my head and I was like oh I'm not present I'm mm-hmm. not and mm-hmm. I still have those moments where I talk to myself when I'm performing but now the conversation sometimes in my head is oh look over there oh make sure you look at this person oh you see that person right there like people back in the day would come to my shows and be like did you see me in the audience and I was like nope <laughs> you were sitting right in the front I didn't see you I wasn't looking at you <laughs> I was like, I looked right through you. And so now I've been doing it for so long. I feel like that's I feel like that's something I would like to not pride myself on that's not the right word. Pat give myself a little pat on the back for is having a better connection with the audience. Uh-huh. Because now I see the audience and now I'm in my body on stage more. Mm-hmm. And even though I still talk to myself about what I did and didn't do, I'm still like able I'm still having a good time with it even if I mess up it's not the end of the world I figured out I might be mad about it after I'm off stage but mm-hmm. in the moment I'm just like I'm like that happened I'm gonna keep going because I, I gotta keep going because I for me like the burlesque thing is a fight or flight response and yeah. I'm not gonna flee I'm gonna keep going <laughs> yeah I feel like that's definitely a theme of this interview is your ability to take risk and keep going tell us what the Tell us what the list is. Oh, it's 21st Century Burlesque Magazine, which is an online magazine. Mm -hmm. And every year since, I can't remember. It's been a minute, like a while they've had this list. But they have people submit votes from all over the world. And they submit votes for their top, like, five or top ten burlesque performers. Or now it's, like, people in burlesque. It doesn't have to be a performer, but it could be, like, a costumer or a producer. Like, people can add other burlesque people on the list mm-hmm. but mostly it's performers so people go to the sink and they just vote for their top burlesque performers and somehow this year i was number four i don't know it's really weird <laughs> every year i've been on that list and those things come out my friend tito bonito my best friend he's like you're gonna be on that list you're gonna be on that list and i'm like no i'm not gonna be on that list not a thing no one cares what i'm doing at all like whatever I try to tell myself it's not a big deal. Like, I'm not on the list, whatever. But I'm also like, I want to be on that list. <laughs> and so this year, I was like, I'm not going to look at the list. I'm not going to be on There's no way I'm going to. Because last year, I think I was number eight. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to top that. Nah, that's not. I'm not getting any higher than that. But there's amazing people out there who are not on the list every right. year that should be on the list. Right. I think that's an amazing journey. Who would have ever thought? I didn't. Like, it goes from, yeah, I like musicals. Now you're <laughs> voting number four. So. Yeah, I guess I have to stop and look back at 
I have to remind myself to stop and look back at things in the past and look at where I am now. I now have this, I don't know, I've, I've been trying to figure out how to put it in words. I don't know if I've always had it, but it's this like ball of fight. Like not fight like physical or like aggressive, but I don't like, as of recently I realized this, I don't mean told I can't do this thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I have, I don't do a lot of private, so for example, I don't do a lot of private gigs. There's a lot of private gigs out there that pay like good money. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they want a specific look and the specific look is not a black boat performer sometimes. And so I have this like thing in my core that's no, that's not a thing. Like, I'm going to get some private gigs. Like, no, if I have to do it on my own, if I have to contact event planners, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. No, you're not going to tell me I can't do this. And I don't know if that's always been in me a little bit or if that's something that's new because of the left. Now you've been able to create a space for yourself and not only create space, but you've been able to find community. Someone putting limits on you based on an aesthetic that is created by society that again saying you're not accepted and you put yourself in a box to be accepted and now you're in a place where you're just fully yourself and there are people who accept you the last thing you want is to go back and have people say you can do a private gig but i just need you to do this and look like this and that and it's no (laughs) i've i've come to be who i am and i'm fucking marvelous i'm gonna just put myself back in a box because you think that's that's the aesthetic i should have thank you but no (laughs) you've been able to find fulfillment and community and it's still growing this is what i totally hear when you talk about your journey yeah thank you for reflecting that back and making sense i was no worries that does make sense like i've spent so much time trying to like be blend in like we said and like fit their aesthetic like this white aesthetic that now yeah I think I've grown and that voice got louder that way now you've grown outside of that box you were putting yourself in for so long and now yeah now it's no yeah like you said you're gonna accept me the way I look and I'm gonna show you why and that's what I'm gonna do the first time in burlesque like being backstage and people are just changing naked and I was like, oh, this is weird. Like, I would always keep, I would always put my underwear on and my bra on underneath my regular clothes. And I was like a magician. I would cover up and still put things on and take things off. It's like seventh grade gym class when you had to yeah. change for PE. Yeah. And people were just like naked walking around. And I was like, oh my God, don't stare. This is weird. And then eventually I was just like, no, this is my body. And it's fine the way it looks. And I don't care. <laughs> Did you show as much as you do now? And when I say nope. that, huh? No? Definitely. <laughs> Definitely not. I remember starting in burlesque. And I always put like, top, like, bra off with pasties. Because that's what I was always told. Was the reveal of burlesque. Not always. But in the beginning, that's when I was like, oh, this is the reveal. It's the chapel. So I have to do that. You don't really have to, but I thought I did. And then I used to wear, I used to always have to wear fishnets. I always had to wear full coverage underwear in the beginning. And I just wanted hot, I wanted like shimmy skirt. Like I just, I wanted things to cover up parts. Yeah. And then as I kept going, I was like, oh, it looks pretty good right now. I want to that looks. I'm going to try it. And then one, one day I, uh, Forgot my fishnets at a show, and I was like, "Oh my god!" 
I can't perform without fish lips. And then I was like, F it. I'm just going to do it. And people laugh at my cellulite and my big, chunky like legs and butt, whatever. And nobody cared. And I was like, oh, that's just my issue. <laughs> Actually, people, people like the fact that I got out there without fish nets and did that. Cool. Like right now, because I got injured, like I broke my ankle, like I gained a lot of weight, a lot of, like a lot more weight. I'm not the heaviest I think I was, I've ever been, mm-hmm. based on the scale and like in the way I feel and the way my clothes fit. And I, I was just like, man, I just want to cover up so much. But then I tell myself, I've been performing slowly but surely lately, like I've showed tonight. And I was just like, you know what? It's okay. Like, I'm sure people, who are looking at you on stage, A, probably aren't thinking about that, but B, I'm sure somebody out there is, wow, my body looks like that right now. If she can go out there and do that, I can do anything else. Like, I can also feel that way. And so that's, like, a big part of also why I, like, try to post things on social media and show things. It's not to be like, look at me, look at me, I'm so cool. Like, it's not really that. (laughs) I hope it's not coming across as that. That's that's not what I feel from it at all. Yeah, it's more just like, look at how much fun I and how much I've learned about myself and felt comfortable with myself doing this art form yeah and I want people to like look at my stuff and think oh she looks she's a black chick who's like kind of curvy and plus size ish like the adjacent I'm like on the border <laughs> and if she's up there doing this and being confident and glamorous then I can also feel empowered to do it even if it's not that you know? For a while, people used to come up, me, come up to me after shows, like women of all different, you know, mostly like, mostly women of color would come up to me after shows of different sizes. And say, oh, it's so amazing to see on stage and we're just confident and, oh my God, you look so much, like, kind of look like me. And for a while, I was like, I don't know how to take that. I don't know. It's just a weird thing. I think this is a compliment, but not because they look bad. I don't know why I didn't feel like comfortable with that comment for a while. I didn't hate it, but I was like, oh, thanks. Weird, but okay. Mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. more I kept doing it, the more I was like, no, I am also up here representing all those women who don't see themselves. Yeah. Like absolutely. I didn't see myself growing up. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm like, that's why I'm doing this. I had a a black woman the other day, and I was going to put it on my TikTok at some point, but I did a show at Lucha Valoon last weekend, and this black chick was standing in the back, and after I was done, I came out, and I stood near her, and I was watching the show, and she looked at, I could see from the corner of my eyes, she was, like, talking to her friends. And I could see them, like, whispering to each other, and looking at me, so they could be mean, I don't know. And she turned to me and she goes, you were just so amazing up there. She goes, I didn't really know what burlesque was, but then I saw you up there. And I was like, yeah, that's what it is. And I was, I can't put the words to it, but it was just that moment, that connection of that's what I wanted. I, I love the fact that this black chick saw a black performer doing burlesque on stage and was like, that's burlesque. Yeah. Like, I didn't know what it was, but that's it. Yeah. And it was me, yeah. a black woman Absolutely. Thinking mm-hmm. like, oh, that's burlesque. And it was me who looked similar to her. It was like, 
There's so many things that we've seen growing up where we weren't represented that made us believe we couldn't be in those spaces. Mm-hmm. And so I get, I'm envious of little kids growing up now because they get to see a lot more black women and black mm-hmm. men in these spaces that we never got to see them mm-hmm. growing up. So I, there's a little bit of grief and loss there, but also some hope because mm-hmm. it will expand how people think about themselves and where they fit in and limitations as well. And so I think your presence decreases those limitations. So yeah, I, I don't think you're going to stop because it's too much fun. Like, <laughs> it's, uh, April, be damned. I'm going to keep pushing through. Since this interview, so much has changed for Jess. Her ankle has healed, she's dancing again, and she's booking more private events. Currently, she's over in the UK giving them something to shake about, so visit her Instagram page to keep up with her performances. For more information on this podcast episode, head on over to our Instagram page, Narrative Soul Podcast, where you will find links to Jezebel's Instagram page and links to all the other dancers mentioned in this episode. Until then, take care of yourself and be well.